welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast, your source for the latest information about your Army Black Knights, with your host, Sal Interdonato. Hey, what's up, Black Knight Nation? We're back here, and uh, tonight we have a special guest, Tony Coaxum. Uh, Tony played football at Army. He was an assistant coach at Army. He recruited Brett Toth. To West Point, Brett Toth is having uh, his first NFL start tonight against. I'm I'm going to call him Washington. You know, I'm not going to call him the Washington Football Team, Tony. I'm just going to call him Washington. Um, and and we're going to also talk to Tony about his latest venture. He is not, he's the uh, head coach at Bluefield State. Bluefield State is uh, returning to, to to college football, and Tony's taking over the program. So we're going to um we're going to talk to Tony. Um, first off, if you guys want to follow us, you can get us on Twitter. You can get us on YouTube. You can get us on every basically podcast platform imaginable. I listened to us last night on Spotify, trying to get up those downloads. Tony, I'm trying to I'm trying to get up to the next level, you know. So, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, we're everywhere. Um, please give us a follow on Instagram too at Black Knight Nation. Um, and uh, let's get right to it, Tony. Um, you know, it's a big night tonight for Army football. You know, you wouldn't think of the last week in the NFL season. Sunday night football, you know, it's the Washington versus Philadelphia. But in Army football perspective, it's it's a big night for Brett Toth. It's his first NFL start. He's been in the league now for two seasons, and he's finally getting his chance um, to to play and to play and get some reps. He's played twenty eight snaps this year. I'm thinking he might play a little bit more than twenty eight tonight. So, um, yeah. <laughs> what, what does it mean when you can see, like, you know, we have Ali with the Steelers, you have Elijah Riley also with the Eagles and Brett, and you have Cole Christensen playing for the uh, Chargers. That's four Army football players in the NFL right now. That might be a high. I, I've never that, – that's that's a high, you know. Uh, mostly you get one here and there maybe, maybe two. But um, what do you think about his opportunity tonight and what it means to Army football? Um, first, thanks for having me on, uh, Sal. You know, we go way back from days of me being at West Point coaching. So thanks for having me on. But uh, yeah, it's really exciting, man. Uh, Brett's a great, great young man. And um, to see him, you know, it's kind of twofold. Obviously, you know, you understand the brotherhood of Army football and how we all pull for each other, uh, no matter if you're a guy that's playing right now, or you're a guy who played back in the fifties, it's a very unique uh, brotherhood and we all love to see each other strive and, and do great things on, on all platforms and in all forms of life. And uh, to see Brett go out there and, and actually get his first start uh, tonight. I'm, I'm really excited about it. Uh, you know, he's a guy that had a really high draft grade coming out and just kind of the, the other challenges of being at an Academy when, you know, when you're excelling everything like he has, on the field and in the academy and getting a shot to possibly play the the military aspect plays a, a heavy role on the uh, decision makers in the NFL. And, um, you know, it didn't give him a chance to get a, a, the draft that he was, you know, get drafted where he probably should have based off his uh, draft grade, but i um, excited to see him go out there and play. Um, again, he, he's from my hometown and, uh, you know, kind of just being the guy that, you know, uh, finding him out there and then talking to him in his home and, gotten the chance to bond with him in that short period of time, um, you know, before the coaching change. And then obviously the, the coaching staff at Army did an unbelievable job of developing him on the field and West Point in general and developing him to to be you know, um, uh, an officer that, and a graduate we're all proud of. So we're all excited for it, and I can't wait to see him out there go through his thing. Yeah, I wrote in the, I wrote in the story entry that he might have to go face-to-face with Chase Young tonight. 
I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a good first game, first start test for you. Right. When you have to face probably the defensive rookie of the year, maybe mm-hmm. even the, the best rookie uh, this season in the NFL, you know, you might, you have to go up against him first, first start of your career. Yeah. And again, it's one of those things, man, you know, it's, there, there's no such thing as an easy day in the NFL, man. Um, You know, that's why I tell people, you know, spending some time in the league and, and um, you know, over the time playing certain teams and people, oh, this this should be an easy win for you this week. No, there's no such thing, man. It's called any given Sunday for a reason. Uh, those dudes are the best football players on the planet, and they're literally alien to run around that field every Sunday. <laughs> um, so you know, uh, and Chase Young is one of those guys, and uh, he's going to have his handful. But uh, Brett's a, a, an uber athletic guy. Um, he's a young guy, but he's super athletic, and um, that, that was one of just, just traits coming out and. Um, teams were very impressed with his ability to move and he held his own in the senior bowl, uh, coming out against some elite pass rushers and, and, um, you know, he'll, he'll win some tonight. He'll lose some tonight, but I think he's going to do well, man. And uh, like I said, we're excited to, to see him go, go, uh, get to work. Yeah, so you, um, you have a Super Bowl ring with the Broncos. So, I mean, you, you know, a little bit about what it's like to play on Sundays and, and against, and against the, uh, you know, the elite of the elite, um, Talk to us a little bit about recruiting, uh, Brett. We, we talked a lot about it for the story I wrote um, a couple of years back when Brett was mm-hmm. a senior. What what would, what did you see in him, and uh, what did you think of how how was he able to get this far? Um, mm-hmm. Because you know, coming like you said, he was cut, talking um, to his father just via a, a mess direct DMs today. I mean, he was a tight end, I think, until maybe his senior late in his high school career before he started playing yeah. tackle. So. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, seeing a guy, guy, one of the things we go through, we we always trying to get the best possible kids we can athletically, and and obviously knowing the 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 rigors of West Point and the character uh, traits that you need in academics, uh, he jumped off the table in, in that regards. But seeing a guy that you know coming out your senior year in high school, he's six five, six six. Um, have you know has all the physical tools seen that um, the ability to play tight end you know we're we're running the option in um, anyway uh, under coach Ellison and so just knowing the projection that hey you're probably going to be you're going to grow into a tight end and that's you know it's kind of what we're looking at and um, but you know spending time with him and his home with his family and getting to know him and uh, you know he he won me over completely with his desires and uh, what he wanted to do and his uh, just his, his um you know, the things that he wanted to do uh, that make West Point special, uh, he embraced those things. And uh, so that 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 made it a little easier. And and like I said, just seeing um, just kind of putting my coaching hat on and seeing that, hey, this is a 17 year old kid that he's you know, yeah, he's about six, six and about only about 215, 220 right now. But getting to a weight program and, and builds a weight all, he'll get up to 250, 260 and 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 go from there. And, you know, he got all the way up to about 300 pounds under, uh, you know, Coach Monk and staff and, and able to keep his athletic ability and, and his ability to run and, and agility. So, um, you know, it's just those things that we all look at. And, you know, being a, a West Point grad, uh, myself, an Army football player, he had all those uh, those intangibles that we look for. And obviously just seeing his frame, we, uh, you know, he projected well to to uh, come and be, be uh, an asset to the program. Yeah, um, I know that looking at Brett um, coming in, you know, he, he, I thought he might even got some snaps at tight end, maybe a freshman or sophomore year. They, they used him as a, I thought he had a, the number 48 on him one time during a game, or maybe it was just practice, you know, but mm-hmm. I remember seeing him freshman year and just his ability to kind of, I didn't, never really saw a guy at army at his size move as well as he could, whether it be running, um, 
maybe a sprint in practice or just a drill in practice. It's just like, who is this guy? And then, you know, sometimes they'll just like toss a football at you just to check your reflexes and how your hands on are. And he was able to do that. And you look at his army career just real quick. I don't know if I've ever seen a tackle get to the, the second level like he was able to do. I mean, it was like it was just boom, and right there, and he was right on a linebacker to take yep. on a linebacker and open up some holes for fullbacks, slotbacks, quarterbacks. And, I mean, I know they've had some good ones in the past few years at Army during especially the Munkin era, and, mm-hmm. you know, Bryce Holland comes to mind as one of those guys. And I think that I would have to say Brett is right up there. And Brett, I mean, now he's playing in the league. So, I mean, I think that you'd have to consider him one of the best to come out of West Point in a long, long time. Because Ali, Ali Villanueva, who's now playing with the Steelers, I mean, he was moved all over the place in his career. I think he played, what, his junior year he was a tackle? And then they moved to the wide receiver his senior year, right? So, I mean, if you're going by the whole whole career, man, Brett was right up there. And – you know, I mean, I think that I remember talking to Brent Davis uh, about um, about Brett and his intelligence. The kid was smart. I mean, the kid was an engineering major. You know, I mean, I think some of that translates to the game. And you can maybe speak on this in the NFL, how much of being like having that smarts just will, will transfer onto the NFL field too, picking up certain things, yep. picking up certain defenses, you know, going into the film room, picking up those little nuances that you can get better at. It's got to, it has, has to be helpful, right? It, it's, it's such a new one. Cause again, at the NFL level, um, those schemes are complex and uh, they they go fast. Um, and it's not only, and even the ones that aren't as complex, you got to be able to digest a lot of information very quickly and take it to the field. So his innate, you know, his natural intelligence is, is going to be huge. And in particular, being an offensive lineman, uh, being an offensive lineman is, you know, you have to um, know every aspect of the offense. You know, you have to know the blocking schemes uh, for run game and pass game and and be able to diagnose the different stunts for the defense and be able to communicate that and, and spe- uh, particularly being out there on the edge, knowing the different types of things you have to deal with. So his intelligence is going to be a key because you have to know you have to have great study habits to be able to get all that information down and be able to uh, process in your head and then be able to take it to the practice field and inevitably to the game field. So um, there's no such thing as ever being too smart in the NFL. You know what I mean? Um, And uh, he absolutely has the uh, acumen to to handle that. And and it's going to be an asset for him. And obviously, like you said, his athletic ability has paid off tremendously. Um, You know, even with Ali, you know, know, like you said, he moved around all over the place uh, throughout his career. And, um, you know, got coached up and was all pro for, for a few years. And, wow. and uh, you know, Brad is definitely on his way because he has that prototypical size. And just his agility and the way he can run is, is very impressive for uh, a man of that size. And that's exactly what they look for in the league. You, you got to have those athletic, especially playing tackle. You have to have that ability to to get out there and run and match up against the Chase Youngs and the, you know, and the and the Miles Garretts and the Von Millers and those guys. But then also be able to get up on the second level to get chased down linebackers uh, for the screen game and RPO games and and just it's a it's basketball on basketball on turf now. Yeah. So you have to have that have those athletic tackles to to do it and uh, being in Philly, you know, learning from guys like Jason Peters. I know he's playing guard now, but. He's he's one of the most athletic tackles ever playing the league, and and Lane Johnson and those guys. Uh, so I mean, he's uh, you know, he's he's learning from some really good guys, and and just knowing Brett for his his uh, his passion and his tenacity and toughness, 
um, and some competitiveness. He's soaking all that up. And uh, again, I can't wait to see him uh, get going tonight. I'll be watching him a lot tonight. No doubt, no doubt. Well, all eyes will be on Brett. And like um, a couple of years back, I pointed this out to Steve Anderson and Josh McNary. We had a podcast uh, mm-hmm. earlier this week about Brett's pro day at West Point, and there were the most I've ever seen of, of scouts there. I think there, I, I, I might count twelve to fifteen scouts at a pro day for Army, which was totally like, yeah, you might have seen like the Jets guy running a pro day with maybe a handful of other scouts. So he did – I think what Brett did also is increase the visibility of West Point as far as NFL teams too. You get more scouts on campus. You see the facilities. You take a look at maybe a player or two that you might – like look at this year with Connor Slomka getting a chance to, to, to go into camp, right? Cole Christensen, three Army guys got a chance to go into camp this year, and yeah. two of them stuck. And mm-hmm. I think that, that that Brett helped with that visibility, no doubt, because you just – yeah, you had some guys that were right on the doorstep there. Like I remember covering a Trent Steelman pro day. You mm-hmm. know, I remember seeing Xavier Moss do a pro day. Mm-hmm. Um, and Andrew King. Guys, if the rules were different, maybe would have played – would have maybe would have got their shot and probably mm-hmm. deservedly. Like a guy like Andrew King and a guy with the physical abilities of is Xavier Moss – probably deserved a shot in the NFL if the uh, rules were a little bit different with the, right. with the military rules, but they didn't get that. But Brett was able to continue to open up that door. And now I think like you talk about this year's team and you look like a John Radigan, who's like a first year starter this year, who maybe could have a shot playing on Sundays and maybe Sandon McCoy, you know, a fullback yep. who, who's tough as, who's tough as nails and really good leader and just probably what, you know, NFL might be looking for if they if teams have a fullback, you know. So it's definitely mm-hmm. good to see, right? I mean, good to see Black Knights in the NFL, I tweet out. Yeah, it's my hashtag. You know, it's good to see those guys definitely, you know, continuing their careers, no doubt, right? No question. It, it, like I said, it, it just further shows the, uh, you know, what our, um, our young officers and what our grads are capable of doing, selling in the classroom, selling uh, as officers, obviously, and, uh, you know, even taking that extra step of being, uh, you know, having the the physical abilities and the, and the ability to play at the next level in the NFL. Um, and and it's, it does nothing but just raise the level of West Point already, uh, with, which, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's unprecedented. The, you know, I'm, I'm a little biased, but it's the best, uh, leadership institution in the world and and to be able to say hey we got we have young men that can go out and play football and and it's not even football i mean you know uh having you know uh you know uh, i can't remember her name as uh, a kelsey uh you know getting a chance to play uh basket professional basketball kelsey I mean, Renato, yeah. yeah and baseball i mean it just shows that our our athletes um our cadets can go out do everything that West Point asks to do, serve their country, but we, we'll get some uh, talented uh, young people that can go out and, and be professional athletes as well. And I, I just think that just continue to raise the overall, uh, you know, profile of the entire academy. Yeah, I was. this is totally off base. I, I just bring this up because it's in my head. I was playing FIFA soccer with my stepson the other night, and I was looking at the Portland Timbers roster, and then you have Zach McGraw, West Point grad, who's playing in the MLS, who's a part of the Portland Timbers in the MLS. So absolutely, um, absolutely great point there. Um, you know, we, we've been doing a lot of uh, going going back, so to speak, on Army, uh, you know, during your playing days. Maybe we could do that right now, just about – what it was like for your playing days, and then we'll get into your uh, your your next uh, your next challenge with the Bluefield State program. Um, talk to me a little bit about. I'm trying. I'm trying to get um, to remember. Were you a freshman in '95 or you were a freshman in '96? 
I was freshman in '96. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, that's a, I mean, that's where that's one of the most um, right, um, historic seasons for Army mm-hmm. as far as win total and 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 success on the field. What was it like to be a freshman on that team in the '96 team that won ten games? Um. Yeah. It was. It was really. Um. It was unbelievable to be a part of that group. Uh. Seeing guys like you know Ron Ashinsky and. And uh, who had NFL, you know, uh, teams looking at him, and Ronnie Makeda, who got it, who was the Mr. Irrelevant in the draft, and a guy like Ron Thomas, uh, who's a dynamic uh, player on offense for us, and then you know guys like C.W. Estes, who got a shot in the NFL with the Giants a little bit, and and Ben Kotwika, who was our team captain, who I still talk to to this day, and he's been in, in a, um, had a, a really good career in NFL, and and um, you know continued to be a, a person that I can uh, look up to, and I keep in contact with and you know is a great coach um in the league and um just being surrounded by that type of leadership and seeing you know um what is capable of at the academy it was a lot of fun um you know um i just have fond memories of that group and that type of leadership that was uh, there and and it, it was a hard you know it was a not a hard thing but it was a you know tough thing to live up to and you know say hey this that's what it looks like that's that's what great leadership looks like on the field and and uh, it was a great way to get introduced into the brotherhood of Army football and um, always have fond memory of those guys. And so a lot of those guys I still talk to today, like I mentioned with Ben Kotwick and, and Ron Thomas and, and um, you know, my current situation of being a head coach now and, and throughout my coaching career, those guys have always uh, reached out to me and, and um, you know, let me know that they support me and they're proud of me. And um, it, like I said, it's the, it's one of the, it's the best brotherhood in the world and I'm, I'm blessed and fortunate to be part of it. One more quick one on the playing days. When you're a freshman, what's it like to be you – know, what's your first practice or first live practice like when you're going up against a team like that has the talent of that and you you, you know you have to – maybe if it's a, you know, it's a, you know, offense versus defense um, drill, what, what what was that like for you to be like, you know, thrown up against that right away? Um, yeah, man. I mean, we got after it, man. Like I said, I was a, a, a receiver when I came in. And, um, you know, you know, football has changed and just the way that we practice have run has changed a, a lot across college football. But, you know, when we uh, were still running the option and um, when we went full teams and 11 on 11 and we went full go, I mean, we got after it, man. And, uh, you know, um, you know, then being a scout team guy most of my freshman year, um, you know, I had to, had to go against that defense a lot and, you know, getting stuff, getting getting knocked around by Bobby Williams and, and CW, uh, excuse me, and, Donald Augustus in the secondary and and uh, going against, you know, uh, Garland Gay and and uh, and uh, Jamar Mullen every day. I mean, we had to had to strap it up and be ready to go in a couple of weeks. Uh, I never forget. I think we were playing Ball State and uh, they had a receiver that would play quarterback um, and run the option. So I had to get under the center and I learned to run the option because I was the fastest guy we had. And they they somehow just schemed a, a play to where. Uh, you know, Heist Gibson would come free every time and I'd run that option play. And next thing I know, I have 265 pounds of Heist on top of me and, and getting cracked every day and getting rocked. But, you know, those guys, it, it, it was rewarding to see them go play on, on game day because, yeah. um, you know, they our defense played well that year. And 
And those, again, the great leadership that they expressed after every game, they would come up, particularly the home games, they would come over to the scout team guys who didn't get to dress it in the stands and give us high fives and fist bumps. Hey, man, we we won this game because the, the work you guys put in throughout the week. So that made you feel a part of the team. That made you feel like, you know, um, the things that you're doing is helping me win. And um, so it was it was really cool. But it was tough physically. And um, I never forget going home for I didn't get to travel to the bowl game. Um, but we practiced that week leading up to the bowl game. So I flew back home and I was literally dragging my right leg <laughs> in the airport in full dress uniform because, you know, it snowed. That old AstroTurf was hard. And I took a couple shots from Ben Kotwika and my, my body was beat up. But uh you know, it was the best feeling in the world, man. You know, you're getting beat up knowing that you're helping your, your guys um, get ready for a big game. So, no doubt. And, and you went on to, um, right, have a successful, like, you, you end up to earn a starting job at, at, at corner for Army. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you actually coached the cornerbacks, right, at West Point, too. So, I mean, yeah. it, it came full circle a little bit when you went back to coach at West Point, no doubt, right? Absolutely. And that was, uh, you know, when I got out of here, um, I was about to graduate, had opportunity to coach at our prep school first. And that's kind of where I caught the coaching, the, the first feel of coaching and enjoyed it. And um, going, you know, civilian world, getting in the Army and, and uh, wanting to be around the game and coaching in high school after I got out. And um, when I realized my my worst day coaching was better, my best doing any job I had. I wanted to get back and get to it as a profession. And the goal was always to come back to West Point. And fortunately enough, I was able to do that under uh, understand Brock and, and and be back with my brothers, man. Like I said, it was um, my military career didn't pan out lengthwise like I wanted to, um, you know, but I, I wanted to. Uh, that was kind of that was that felt really rewarding coming back and investing into the young men that were there on the. Uh, that I, that I coached for those seven years and still have bonds with them. And literally they're, they're still like my little brothers to this day. And it, it felt really good to be there and, and uh, kind of um, pay back some of that stuff that I didn't get to do in my military career and, and kind of invest into the young men that were, that came through West Point through those seven years. Um, guys, God, like Brett guy, guys like Josh McNary, you know, guys like Josh Jackson and, and, and Chris Carnegie and, you know, Donovan Travis and, you know, you name Steve Anderson. It's, I can go on and on and on, yeah. um, you know, so it felt good to 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 do that. And that, those years mean the world to me. I was going to ask you about that because I, I was trying to remember who the corners were back then. And Josh Jackson was certainly a guy, right, that mm-hmm. was that you had that under your wing. Mm-hmm. And uh, also in also in the 2010 Armed Forces Ball, right, what you mm-hmm. guys were able to do in that game because we we I, this, i'm talking about this at nauseum here tony but that smu team was a talented team yep. and look at cole beasley was a wide receiver on that team yep and i think they had on that team yeah they they had like two nfl wide receivers on that team an nfl running back yep. i mean i mean i mean that was probably trying to game planning for that probably on short notice was probably a, a definitely a challenge but something that a coach probably would look forward to know that right with, with the challenge that you had with that offense it's it's just like anything man it's like our guys just always want to play you know as 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 many times we can get on the field and play the game that we love that's what we want to do so um once we got that nod that you know we, we made it into the game um you know they were locked in to do whatever we needed to do to 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 uh, put out a great effort. We had great leadership. Guys like Steve Anderson being a captain and gosh, like Josh McNary, who, I mean, he had a monster year that year. And, um, you know, we were just, it was one of the things that if, if you, if you have the right culture and this is the type of thing that I'm looking to build with, with my program is it's all about building the X's and O's don't matter. Um, they, they matter, matter very little. 
You know what I mean? Doesn't matter what type of offense you run, type of defense you run. If you have the right culture and the guys are accountable to each other and they believe in each other and they say, hey, you know what? I got to do whatever I need to do because I don't want to let my brother down. You, you know, anything can happen, you know, and you can you'll be in any game. And to me, those are the things when games are tight and when that underdog team is neck and neck with a team they're not supposed to win or not supposed to be close with because of talent and they win. It's because of that. It's not because of they called a certain play. It's not because they ran a certain fake or they ran a. That's just the that's the uh, the secondary uh, reason why. The reason is because those dudes say, "I am not going to let my brother down. I'm not going to let my teammates down." Um, that's what culture trumps everything. Cult, culture is the reason. Uh, culture and leadership um, is essential in everything. I don't care what type of play you run, um, what, what type of scheme you do. If you have bad leadership or bad culture and or bad culture, you're not going to be successful. But if you have the right culture and right leadership and the right bond, that unity, you know, it doesn't matter if you're running triple option or if you're running the air raid offense, um, you could be successful. No doubt. Um, talk to us a little bit about how the opportunity at uh, Bluefield state opened for you and, uh, you know, why, you want to uh, why you want to take the job and to take this on uh, challenge because I guess when you're coming, you're starting basically a little bit from scratch. I'm guessing, right, with this mm-hmm. uh, from the ground up. So talk to, talk to us a little bit about that. Um, yeah, it's not a little bit by scratch. It's literally from scratch. It's from the ground up. Uh, Bluefield State. It's a it's a Bluefield College in Bluefield, West Virginia. Um, it's a, a D two school HBCU that um, hadn't had football since 1980. And uh, when it had football, it was very successful. Won two uh, championships in the in the twenties of uh, the Black National Championship, and um, due to a lot of different reasons, the the program uh, the university kind of went went down, and the the program went down, and football went away. And um, you know, kind of just cruising certain things that I, I'm always keeping my eye on, and just looking at the you know saw that they were bringing football back, and just kind of kept my eye on it. Had my agents kind of continue to, to look at it and see how things would come about. And, and as it started to go through and I see they were getting ready to, to start trying to, uh, you know, take on uh, interviews and things like that, just started researching and just found that there was a connection there in town of someone who knew me from my cadet days that was in town there and reached out to him. And, and uh, he had a connection to the, to the uh, president and passed my information on to say, I think you'd be a perfect fit for what we're trying to do for what they're trying to do. And it all kind of went from there and literally over from a week, from a Friday to a Friday, um, the first contact I had with the president was on a Friday. I went through that weekend, and by the next Friday, I was having the press conference being introduced as the head coach. Um, and you know, my my thing is um, leadership is I I feel is what my number one uh, is what I've been put on this earth to do to lead and mentor uh, people, and particularly young men. And, and uh, I pride myself on that. And I felt I've been ready to be a head coach for a few years now. And um, tried to get my name in, at, at some places, uh, you know, over the years. And it was it just came down to that. It was kind of that perfect fit to where, you know, they uh, they kind of they believed and saw the, the characteristics in me as being a leader, focusing on the leadership. I've never been an offensive coordinator, never been a defensive coordinator, but I've been a special teams coordinator. And, and honestly, I think special teams coordinators get looked over, um, they get overlooked, I should say, um, for head coaching jobs, you know, outside of the head coach. Um, special team coordinators are the only one that talk to the entire team on a regular basis. You know, we, we talk about we're involved in game management situations throughout the entire game. We coach offensive aspects and defensive aspects of the game. We coach football. Um, and some of the best coach, you know, Bill Belichick has a great special team background. Um, so, so, so does uh, John Harbaugh, 
who I actually have time to spend time with when I was with the Ravens. Um, you know, Joe, Joe judge, um, you know, he's the coordinator. The buzz was everybody tried to focus on all. He was just a wide receiver coach, but they overlooked the fact that he was a special teams coach for three, three championships there in, in uh, new England. And he understands what it takes to build a good football team. Um, so that leadership aspect, I, I think, is what um, really is the job of a head coach should be a leader, not necessarily to call plays offensively or defensively, but be the leader of the entire organization. And uh, I feel I'm very good at that. And um, they saw those um, attributes and and uh, we it's it kind of just, you know, we all came together and um, I'm really excited about what we're trying to do. Like I said, we're building this thing from scratch, um, recruiting every single player. And that's the other part of it. It's the challenge part of it of. Most head coaches, you're coming in and you're trying to uh, change the culture or you may have players you may have to get rid of that don't fit your scheme or or things like that. Well, they're literally building this thing from scratch. You know, uh, you know, we get to pick every single player. My staff, um, we get to pick every single player to fit what we want to do. Um, every single young man that comes through. Um, I'm, I'm so happy about the, the coaching staff that I put together. Um, I haven't announced the whole staff yet, but they're, they're men that, um, one, they're excited about the opportunity to build something brand new. They're, they're embracing that, that uh, challenge. But the other part is, um, you know, we talk more about um, mentoring and leading young men than we did X's and O's, every single coach that's on the staff. That's what we focused on. And I think that, again, going back to what I said earlier, that's the most important part because it doesn't matter what you run. If you guys, if you got everybody on the same page, you can run whatever you want. And it was more important to me to get the right people that are going to invest in the young men that we bring in than, okay, if you run an RPO scheme or if you're running an air raid or if you're doing whatever, um, or if you're, you know, you're an attacking style defense or you're three, four, four, three. I don't know. That's minimal compared to everything else. So those guys invest in that and believe in that. And, um, you know, we're designed, we designed a uniform from scratch and all those things. So, you know, that's the exciting part and the challenging part. And it's something and things that we're selling to all the young men that we're, that we've offered. And, um, and we've got a few commits right now, um, is that selling the point that, Hey, you get to come and be a part of something built from the ground up that 10, 15 years from now, you can come back and say, Hey, you know, this is my program. You know, we built this from the ground up, and I think that's very special. And not many people will get ever get to say that when it comes to coaches or or players. Say, hey, I was there when there was nothing there, and we turned it into something special. No doubt, no doubt. We're here with Tony Coaxum. He's a former Army football player, a former Army assistant coach who's now restarting the Bloomfield State Division II football program. If you guys have any comments or questions, feel free to send them in. We'll answer them and uh, put them up at, at the best we can. And Tony, so when um. With, with the whole recruiting side of this at Blue uh, Bluefield State, um, are you guys going to kick off in twenty twenty one, or when's going to be your first season? Um, so we're you know we're we're bringing a few kids in um, in the in this January, very very few, just a handful, and then we're looking to uh, kind of really push and ramp everything up come the fall. Um, but we're only going to play maybe a, a handful of games in the fall this fall twenty one, um, just to be able to get a few games under our belt for me as a new head coach to get you know get comfortable with that. Uh, you know, with that change. And then that allows us to be able to evaluate our players um, based off of what we're doing, evaluate how we want to do things. And then we'll go into recruiting. Um, but the goal is uh, 2022 to be our full first season. So um, we're taking it, we're taking it slow. And, um, but we're, we're still being very aggressive on the recruiting side, finding the kids we want. But uh, to answer your question, our first full season will be 22. 
Um, and you know, we're looking to play a handful of games this fall just to uh, get our guys for because we're gonna, we're going to be a young team regardless. We're getting transfer kids, we're getting high school kids, we're getting JUCO kids, but we're going to be a young team regardless just because of. You know, even those kids we're bringing in there, they have three years left. And even some of the transfer kids will may have four years left, you know, depending on the situation. So um, we're taking it slow, but we want to do it the right way. And and uh, the biggest thing is to make sure we, we have the right things in place to 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 uh, take care of these kids the right way. And then obviously building the, uh, how we see we want the program built. You talked about your staff. Have you brought in anybody with West Point ties to join you on your staff or in your program at all? Have you continued that kind of uh, long gray line or no? Um, no, there, there's no one with West Point ties, uh, so to speak, on my on my staff currently. Um, there's not a lot of us in coaching, so to speak. Um, it's in you know, there's again, there's a few players that I that I've coached that have talked about wanting to get into coaching, just not at you know, not at that point of doing that yet, and um. Honestly, you know, the, the guys like Kotwika and, and Mike Sullivan, you know, I, I can't afford those guys. You know what I mean? Um, you know, but it's uh, that's not that's definitely something that it's always going to be about bringing the right type of people. Um, you know, myself coaching all the way in the NFL level and um, I, my, I have a, a I have coaches that have coached at the D2 level and HBC level. Um, my defensive coordinator, who I've already announced, uh, he, he's a he's not an academy a guy, but he served in the Navy. Um, so that, that was almost a sticking point. Um, I almost didn't hire him because of that, but now I'm joking, but, uh, uh we have fun with, but he's a super uh, smart guy and has coached, uh, um, he's been at power five programs and group of five programs. And he played in, uh, um, in the state of West Virginia at a, at a, um, at a, um, you know, a program here in, in the state. So, you know, wide range of guys from from that to guys that have uh, coached in, uh, you know, other Division One programs. And and my thing was just to get the as many different types of personalities and different types of uh, experience as I possibly can. Because, again, I am not building this program by myself. It's not just me. If we did that, we'd fail immediately. Um, I'm using everybody and everything I possibly can. And it's going to be our program. That's why I tell everybody this is not my program. This isn't Tony Coates' program. This is our program. And um, taking input from everybody involved. And uh, these guys have been helping me a great deal. And, um, you know, it's so, again, it's it's something that we're all going to be a proud of once uh, be proud of once we get this rocking and rolling. Yeah, no doubt. I know that from just from our talks and, the, and just watching you coach at in practices and then you're following your career. I mean, certainly there's no lack of energy from you. I know you're going to put every ounce of energy you have into this. You, you've done that with everything that you've you've done since um, since I've known you. So, I mean, that's got to be just to know that. Right. That you, you, you it, this program is now, like you said, you're starting from the ground up. You have you, you're trying to form this culture. And now it's up to every. It's up to all of you guys to get this off off the ground and get it going in the right direction, hoping for success. Right? I mean, that's pretty much what what the whole um, goal is, I guess. Absolutely. I mean, we're, yeah, we're not just doing this just to bring football back and to have football at Bluefield State College. That's not the goal. Um, if, if, if that's what they wanted, they they hired the wrong guy. You know, what I mean, I, I know we're. I'm here to win. I'm here to build a program that's going to be uh, exciting to watch. And uh, we're, we're playing. Our, our goal is to win as soon as we're able to be in a, a, a conference to compete for championships. That's what we're looking to do. And and the thing is, we're doing that by building on um, a set of standards. Our thing is, you know, it doesn't matter what we're trying to do. Uh, we're trying to be the absolute best at it. 
Um, you know, we're always going to measure ourselves against standards against, and it's our standards that we're going to set, not from another university, not from another program, but it's what we set. And certain things that uh, I'm set for our class, our, our, all our kids will know, hey, when you go to class, you're going to sit in the first two, three rows of your class. That's the standard. If you're not doing that, then you're not living up to the standard. You know, I'm not expecting everybody to get straight A's. That's unrealistic. But I want you to give your best effort in every single thing you do. And, and if that means you get a C minus in that class after getting your best effort, hey, we'll take that C minus and we'll be we'll, uh, be happy about it. But on the flip side, if you're capable of getting an A and you settle for a B plus, I'm going to be very upset. And that's not acceptable. And that's the same thing we're going to take on the football field. We're going to play to a level of what we deem um, acceptable. And if we, we when we live up to that level of a of, of play, and if we lose, okay, we'll we'll find ways to make changes to help change the outcome. On the flip side, if we if we win, yeah, we'll be happy we won. But if we didn't play up to our standards, that's not going to be good enough. And that's what we measure ourselves against, certain standard of play. And all the coaches that I have involved, we, we, we understand what that is. And our brand of football is going to be, you know, I, I said in my press, I want maniacs on the field. I, I, want, I want guys flying around. This is a violent game. And we're going to play a physical, violent level of this, of this game. Um, but on the flip side, when their professors come to see them play or people in the community, I want them to be like, I don't recognize that guy that's on the field because that's not the young man that's in my classroom. That's not the, the gentleman that's in my classroom. That's not the young man that opens doors for for people as they go through or or, or is very pleasant um, in the community. That person on, on, on the field is crazy. And that's what this game is about. That's how you play this game. You play it fast. You play it physically. And you play it with a, a mindset of of of, of, uh, you know, wreaking havoc. And that's how we're going to play on the field. But when we step off the field, they're, they're going to be, uh, they're going to be polite, um, cordial young men. And all that leads into the ultimate plan of when they're done playing at Bluefield state, that they go on, they get their degree and then they're going to be productive citizens in uh, society, no matter where they go. They choose to be husbands, be the best husband they can be. They choose to be fathers, be the best fathers they can be and and be leaders wherever they go. That's the ultimate goal in football, just the avenue that we're going to make that happen. It's great, great to catch up with you, Tony. It's great to see you have this opportunity. And it seems like you're all fired up to get this. I I, I bet you you wish you can go out into the um, you know, you get to have a spring football practice, right? And then just get out there and get going. Um I know you have so much passion for the for the game, the sport, um, the academy too. I know I know you're very passionate following the football team. Um, yeah, it didn't go their way in the um, Liberty Bowl a couple of days ago, but I mean they gave it every effort they had right in that game. And um, you know that's I'm sure that's what you're going to give to this program at Blue Bluefield State. Really mm -hmm. appreciate you having on. Uh, thanks for coming on, and uh, everybody follow Tony. Uh, we put down his. Uh, we just put down his. Uh, the program Twitter account and his uh, Twitter account. And you can uh, follow us on black Knight nation podcast all over the place. Um, I'm going to plug our latest up uh, home uh, Spotify. Um, you can follow us on Spotify. You can listen to this. Uh, I know Tony's going to uh, listen to this again, at least on Spotify. Uh, we appreciate it, Tony. Thanks for the time and uh, all the best to you at uh, Bluefield state. Thanks, man. I appreciate you, man. Good luck to you. And um, Hey, we'll, we'll be on the lookout, man. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Black Knight Nation podcast with your host, Sal Interdonato. For more information on your Army Black Knights, visit blackknightnation.com.